Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. All right, Adam. I'm here with uh, Adam Conrad today at The Staffing Show. Super excited to have you here. I've known you for a long time, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you joining us on the podcast today. Uh, So uh, with that, Adam, why don't uh, you get a little bit of a background on kind of who you are and your story in staffing? Yeah, no, and uh, David, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's been a great, uh, great few years. We've known each other, and I uh, really appreciate you having me on and uh, able to share some insights. But um, you know, I've been in uh, the staffing industry, I think, uh, twenty years now. Um, so it's funny. I've been through a couple of the uh, the downturns um, and and been able to witness that. But essentially, you know, I cut my teeth in recruiting, had moved into recruiting management, and was running operations for a mid-sized staffing firm. Uh, a few years back, um, you know, I left that, 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 that great career and uh, really saw a need in the marketplace and started Great Recruiters. So, um, you know, we launched back in uh, November of 2017, and here we are today. So it's, uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's, uh, it seems like a wild ride. I know you've got a lot of growth uh, happening over there at Great Recruiters. I'm hearing, hearing a lot of good things in the, the market about you guys. Uh, uh, so, so let's start off, I guess, with... Uh, I mean, the thing that's on top of all of our minds, sadly, but uh, how, how, are, how are you holding up? How are things going with, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy year. Um, you know, the pandemic's uh, impacted us all. Uh, how, how are things going for you? I think like many companies, you can throw your 2020 plan out the window. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think that uh, what we set out this year to look like, um, obviously with everything that's happened, everybody's impacted. So, you know, we're just... Um, I think really trying to be out there and be a resource. You know, I love this industry. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are are impacted um, by it, and just uh, trying to be as, as supportive as possible. And I think as a as a human being, right, with uh, you know, wife, three kids, uh, wife's a nurse. You know, we have that going on in our life. I've got three kids. We're homeschooling, running a business, um, keeping the team engaged. I think we're all just trying to navigate this thing that used to be called work-life balance. And uh, man, it, it feels more like work-life blend right now. Um, so we're doing good though. You know, um, it's just a matter of still trying to just navigate. Uh, it seems like new information is coming out every day. Yeah. I, and I have to say, I, mean, yeah, I know you and I have talked about this one on phone calls, uh, but uh, I, I always think about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing my, my bachelor pads run, running solo through the pandemic, through the social distancing, and every now and then feeling bad about uh, how I need, uh, wish somebody was here with me. And then I think about your life with uh, homeschooling three kids, uh, <laughs> wife working at the hospital while building uh, a software platform simultaneously. And uh, you've, got, uh, you, you've, got, you've got your work cut out for you. So uh, it's amazing to see you moving forward and uh, you're you're whole, hanging in there, so. Yeah, no, I appreciate. I mean, I think what's what's yeah. pretty exciting is, um, you know, I think what we're doing with great recruiters is actually helping a lot of companies out right now. Um, you know, and and I think it's um, a really relevant thing that we're doing to help, you know, recruiting teams stay connected, celebrate some of those small wins. Wins can be far and few between for for many companies right now, but um, you know, being able to get feedback and know your team's doing good and still putting your brand out there and, and management being able to stay connected. I think um, what we're doing is, is, is very relevant um, for kind of this new kind of workforce we're all, we're all looking at, but uh, appreciate that. And uh, yeah, the homeschooling yeah. stuff, we just try to get math in between, uh, you know, sales calls and stuff. 
<laughs> so it's always you got your kids aren't up there in the back so it's nice nice to see that as well, well so you that, those of you listening in on the podcast we've got a, a zoom video here so we're actually able to see each other so yeah my 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 four-year-old uh has decided to uh make artwork and uh and put that in my office so it's it's kind of fun man it keeps me uh keeps me remembered and, and centered what's uh what's really important why we're doing all these things awesome awesome so um I guess to, you know today's focus for the conversation. Um, we got a couple things. One, we've already uh, you know I think it's impossible to talk about anything without talking about what's going on. Uh, that's COVID related. That's you know uh, how we're dealing with the pandemic. Um, but really, what I'd like the conversation to be about is uh, you know the candidate talking about experience management today. Talking about kind of the future of recruiting, um, how things are changing with the marketplace. Um, and with that, I mean I, I think you done a lot. You've been on this podcast before um, and shared some great insights the previous time with, uh, I think you were on with Caitlin. Uh, but I've, I've, what have you been up to since? You know, how, what, what's changed with kind of in your world and, uh, uh, you know, what, what's new? So. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what's happening and I think, you know, this pandemic has really, uh, I, I think, put a big uh, spotlight on for many firms that may not have embraced kind of, I think one of the things that we're hearing a lot about is digital transformation, right? Um, I think the importance of how you're incorporating technology into your uh, normal everyday lives as recruiter and staffing firms has never been more important. Um, you know, so I think that, um, you know, part of what we're seeing is this, this whole idea of I think what's changed is the ability for recruiting firms to leverage this technology to really expand their reach. Many times you're bound by, you know, the geography you're in, that's your talent pool. And I think what, what this has created is a, is an awesome opportunity for firms to be able to reach outside those normal boundaries um, and attract talent for their firm, you know, across, you know, the world essentially. So, um, but that 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 that's what I see is uh, is kind of changed since we last spoke. Uh, is really the magnifying glass being put on the the need for technology and how technology is really going to become uh, you know center to this this industry moving forward. Um, many companies that don't have you know applicant tracking systems that allowed them to easily convert to remote workforce, I think, struggled a lot more than those that already had that strategy in place. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I was just thinking about it the other day. It's like the uh, digital transformation's been happening, and has uh, you know, see, see staffing firms trying to adapt and trying to the you know, I, I believe the ones that are adopting new technology uh, tend to be the ones that are growing the fa- the fastest. Uh, but I, I think that if you look at how rapidly we were all forced to just adopt Zoom and Slack or you know, uh, uh, Teams, whatever it may be, but it, we just went from uh, kind of a zero to a hundred in terms of how, what technology are you using and, and having it be just a absolute core part of your strategy just to move forward. Um, which I know, you know, with great recruiters, um, when we're talking about the product a little bit, they kind of dig in specifically on some things. But I've heard um, from people in the uh, staffing firms that they're um, using it for remote team management and that it's kind of uh, helping in this time where people are actually trying to, to manage things remotely. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of firms, and I was part of one, you know, you had your recruiters right next to you, you could hear the conversations. When I was a recruiting manager, I would be able to listen in to, you know, the new talent we hired and help coach and provide those opportunities. And I think that now 
those companies that are so accustomed to that, um, I, I think they, they got comfort in the fact that great recruiters help them ensure that they're kind of continuing to keep their best foot forward. Um, we were just talking to a client of ours that is, um, you know, in the healthcare staffing space and they're still hiring recruiters and they're like, great recruiters has been critical to them being able to help continue to manage and coach those, those new hires. Uh, feedback from the new hires is it's been great. I'm able to get up to speed faster. I'm, I'm learning from that feedback. So I think one, it's, it's keeping teams more connected. I think when you get positive reviews and feedback, it's something that can be celebrated. So it's keeping spirits high. Um, and, and overall, I think it's just helping to uh, provide some peace of mind that, that, that in this new remote workforce, that their operations are still continuing at the level and degree that they, they want them to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been wild to see everybody kind of shift towards, um, you know, how do I manage my team remotely? I've talked to a lot of companies. Um, I was talking to a healthcare staff from the other day. So they've adopted a learning management system, which is something mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you hear about the larger companies doing that. But now it's like, you know, 30 person team and you're they're adopting learn LMSs because they, they need to be able to train remotely. Um, so it's just uh, it's cool to see the adoption. And um, where, where do you think it's going to go, uh, you know, as, as we sh- shift out uh, who knows when but uh, as we when whenever we uh, shift back to the ability to work uh, at, at the office how do you think that's gonna uh, pan out you know I've talked to some companies that are already putting plans together to and um, you know understand you know what are the new norms when you come into the office um, I'm talking to other companies that are really pushing back and saying you know do we need the brick and mortar um, I've talked to some firms that are like, hey, my lease is up in May and uh, this is working out great. I don't plan on, uh, you know, having that overhead of, of having a brick and mortar. They're accustomed to these Zoom meetings. They're, um, but I think they need the, you need to have clarity of expectations in place. You need to have the tools in place to measure performance and you still need that 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 piece and those components those KPIs but if you have that baseline if you're hiring based on core values and you have good people you know we're in an industry that you don't need to be face to face with anybody anymore you know technology i think one of the biggest things video interviewing's been around for a decade now and it never really yeah. caught on right People like that face-to-face, like to, like to shake the hands, bring people into the office. And I think what this has done is really force people to view the way we recruit in a different way and are looking for ways to say, how do we still ensure the quality uh, of those interactions? You know, how do we make sure that we're still able to create that human-to-human connection, which is so important as you're building relationships in this business? Um, so, you know, I really see that the shift is going to be some companies are comfortable with bringing things back in house. You know, they, they want that, 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 that kind of camaraderie. The funny thing is I'm also hearing him say, Hey, we're not meeting in conference rooms. If you're in the office, we're going to jump on zoom meetings. So I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of laugh. I'm like, well, yeah. okay. So we're going to still do what we're doing at home, except we're going to do it in the same building. And I think some companies like that idea and other companies are saying, you know what? We don't need to do that. In fact, we have an opportunity to expand our operations. I can hire somebody if I'm like me, I'm based in Detroit, right? I can hire somebody in the West Coast, East Coast. Maybe that opens up opportunities for me to go get more business. So I I think this is actually going to increase competition. I think it's going to force the industry as a whole to level up their quality 
of what they're doing. And I think the expectation of what a recruiter does is, is going to start shifting. Um, candidates are looking for somebody they can trust and who can be more than just a paper pusher. This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only recruiter referral platform designed specifically for staffing firms. If you're like most staffing firms, you're probably not using a digital referral platform, which means you're missing up to 60% of your potential referral placements. That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Their recruiter referral platform helps you capture more referrals by transforming your candidates and contractors into digital brand ambassadors. Why do staffing firms love staffing referrals? You'll instantly get a referral program like the ones used by Lyft, Uber, and Airbnb. Your recruiters get their very own brand ambassador program, and your company will get more referral leads than ever before. I think you should check it out. If you'd like to get more referral leads for your recruiters, check out their 90-day pilot. They're giving Staffing Show listeners $500 off their first 90 days. To claim your $500 discount, visit staffingreferrals.com forward slash hub. I think you'll love it. Any recession forces uh, the companies to kind of adapt quickly. The ones that survive, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And it's really tough times for a lot of people right now. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of people that are uh, looking for work and it's uh, you know tough times. But I also... Uh, there, I, I think, uh, actually Caitlin, uh, my team who said, you know, there's always opportunity in chaos. Um, you know, that there, there are, uh, for those of us that, you know, can find the way that there's, there are opportunities for us to move forward. Um, the one thing that, uh, you mentioned on the, the, I'm jumping, uh, shifting gears a little bit, but the, uh, uh, talking about people going back to work. Um, I've heard more staffing CEOs talk about, you know, they, the ones that said they would never do a remote workforce. I'm like, holy shit, this works. <laughs> like, this works. We may not need the office anymore. Like, I would not be long on uh, commercial real estate right now. <laughs> like, commercial right. real estate is something like, like, like I'd be, if, uh, that's not, not, uh, uh, I think people realizing how work can be done and what technology allows us to do uh, is, is pretty crazy. So, yeah, I mean, in, in the Metro Detroit, obviously, we're, you know, a lot of the staffing firms around here are heavily tied within the automotive industries, right? And so I was talking to an engineering critter. He was, he was part of a layoff. There was, there was workforce reduction. And, you know, what's interesting is you've got this very interesting piece happening on the West Coast with a lot of automotive stuff and technology and had an interview that probably wouldn't have happened um, if it weren't in this remote workforce. So actually, his opportunities increased. Um, because of this and, and the idea that I can function here in Michigan and support, you know, uh, companies in California just as well as, you know, supporting a company here locally. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's wild what we're able to do. And I, I think that, I mean, you, you brought this up as well, but, uh, you know, hearing people are like, oh, I, I, my, all my recruiters had to be in Detroit. And now it's like, do they? <laughs> or do you hire the best recruiters across the country and just have them tap in remotely? Um, you know, that, that, all of that said, I, I, I don't know if you're here yet, but I'm, I read an article, I just saw an article on that geo the other day about zoom fatigue and I'm, I'm there <laughs> like, like five hours of zoom a day. And I'm like, Oh man, like at least I'm ready for the in-person, <laughs> you know, I, I, can't I, wait. I, I can't wait for a conference. <laughs> I, I know I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I love meeting with people face to face. I love that. I really do. I, I think that I, I don't want to see that get replaced, but I think certainly, yeah this has shown us that we can um, not skip a beat 
if if we can't replace that. Um, you know, and speaking of the conferences, it's interesting. I think you're starting to see, you know, different opportunities with some of these big conferences where we meet people face to face. I think what we're going to see is a different way to connect, you know, a different way to expand that, have more people involved. You know, conferences are sometimes limited by, you know, time and, 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 you know, have the travel expenses. And now having online conferences is a, is a way that maybe you can connect to a larger audience. And for those firms that normally didn't go to those conferences, uh, a way for them to participate now without having to, you know, make those travel arrangements. Yeah. Well, I think if it's nothing, I've thought about this a lot on the conference front, obviously with the, you know, staffing hub live stream sure. on the forefront for us, but the, uh, um, knowing that, the conferences that are shifting to digital, if they shift to digital this year, figure out that model, uh, next year they might have a live and digital version. You know, if they're able to pull two out, it, it, it gives the ability to potentially expand the product offering and, and uh, to your point, make it so that we can potentially connect with more people throughout the year and, and uh, bridge the gap. I mean, there's uh, um, some interesting opportunities coming out of it from that front for sure. Um, yeah. And on that, I mean, I think it'd be awesome if we had, I'd love to get back to the face-to-face conferences for those that want, but yeah. I mean, man, wouldn't it be great to be able to live stream those presentations and get a broader audience yeah. and, and, and really be able to, I, I think the, this is going to create opportunities that otherwise weren't, weren't really being thought of. So um, I do think the sharing of information is going to be a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um. So shifting gears a little bit here, um, back to kind of what your core is. You know, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about the experience that we're all living through right now, how we're shifting to Zoom and, you know, what our, uh, uh, I guess, collective lives are in the, uh, during this COVID-19. Uh, what, where do you, I guess, kind of tell me a little bit about what, how you define experience management, uh, you know, what it is and why does it matter? Yeah, I mean, I think you hear candidate experience, right? You hear that a lot, it matters. And, and to me, you know, your reputation is, is, is created from the experiences that you make. And, you know, to me, experience management is being able to get insight into how you're providing a service. You know, how am I recruiting an individual? You know, am I doing those things? So to me, it's, it's, it's staying connected on the front lines in real time of, you know, those experience that human beings have working with the human beings in your company. You know, I think you look outside, there's experience management as it relates to technology platforms and how was your experience, you know, walking into the store. And for me and where I see recruiting is it's always been a very human to human centric business. So great recruiters is a hundred percent focused on how one human being has an experience with another, because, you know, if you have a bad experience, that bad experience is going to fall on your brand, right? So if I have a bad experience with you, it's not going to be David. I had a bad experience with, I'm going to say, don't, don't go to that company. If I have a great experience and, and this is recruiting, you know, candidates follow recruiters. They don't necessarily follow staffing firms as much, right? If I create a great experience with, with David and David moves somewhere else, that's where my experience is. And so we want to be able to capture that in a way that helps to combat, I think, a lot of the negative um, reviews and reputation that you see out there. I think what exists today is not centered around what it's like to work with a staffing firm. It's, it's what it's like to work inside a staffing firm. So many of the review sites that exist outside of great recruiters are not even focused on the experience somebody has throughout the staffing process. And that's where great recruiters really comes in, is to capture that real-time insight, 
with how your recruiters, how your sales teams are engaging with the people that they serve. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it's funny when you talk about the experience and that the how candidates definitely, uh, the brand gets the bad rap uh, and they just don't work with that recruiter. But we see it on the referral front too. It's like people, they're not coming in and saying, hey, uh, you know, you got to work with uh, Adam or you've got to work with uh, uh, great recruiters. It's you've got to work with Adam. Adam's my person. Uh, he's going to, he's going to help you out. He'll hook you up. And that's, um, I think on the, the, the reputation side, knowing what your recruiters are doing on that front. Um, so I, I mean, you were a recruiter for years. Tell me about what, what, what are some of your stories in terms of how did you manage that experience in your day to day? Yeah. When I started really poor, <laughs> to be honest, you know, I'd love to say, man, let's hear, let's hear your, let's, let's hear your worst story. What's your, what's your, what's your failure and a win? <laughs> yeah. My, my failure was my first day getting a stack of resumes and a job order for a PLC controls engineer at, at TNAP, uh, Toledo North assembly plant. And my training yeah. was, Hey, so call these people that you have no idea what they do and ask them if they'd be interested in this job and read this job description. And, you know, it was, <laughs> it was like, you know, that was the first couple of years of my career. It was very transactional. And, you know, it left me, it just left me feeling like I wasn't adding value to it. And I think when I got into recruiting management and, and the light bulb went off, you know, I really realized that it wasn't about the transaction of, are you a fit? I'm, I put the job order first. And I think that was the problem is that I was, I was just focused on that job order. And what that did is it eliminated all the opportunity for me to create relationships with all these great people I spoke to that might just not have been a great fit for the job that was in front of me. And the switch for me, David, came when I realized that um, it wasn't about the job. The job came second. What came first, and I always, this is what I always said to, to recruiters that I was, I was coaching and training is, you've got to put your agenda second. It's, you got to learn about the candidate. You have to put them first, learn about them, because you know what? If you treat them well, if you create a great experience, and, and this is, ties into your referral piece. Some of my best sources of referrals came from people I never placed. I just treated well. You know, I treated them well. They knew I was there for them. I wanted the best for them. Um, and, and when their friends were looking for work, they're like, hey, don't go to the person that just, you know, got lucky and got me a job. Go to Adam, who's going to help you uh, out. And if he can't help you out, he's going to point you in the right direction. So for me, that was the big shift. And, and, and as that happened, that's where I started seeing the economic return come. You know, I had a candidate I placed 10 years, direct hire. And 10 years later, and I'd stayed in contact, and, and 10 years later, he, uh, he ended up becoming a, uh, a hiring manager. And the first person he called was me. And I thought that was That's the amazing. coolest thing. Yeah. And, and he said, man, I remember the way you treated me through that process, and now I'm hiring, and I want to make sure the people I hire have that same experience that, that you shared with me. And so I think that's the bigger picture of looking at recruiting as a long-term go to Simon Sinek's, you know, infinite game. You know, yeah. I started playing a different game. I started playing the long-term game, not the short-term game. So long-term game, not the short-term game. And in the long run, uh, I think it, it worked out better for me and everybody that I worked with. And, you know, the placements came, you know, the, the, the income came, all of those things came, but it, it, it went to putting their agenda above my own. And so tell me, uh, and especially for like, there's a lot of recruiters that listen to this podcast. Like, 
how'd you do that? Well, what are the specific, any specific lessons, takeaways, you know, things that you, things that you um, implemented when you shifting from transactional to long-term, what's what's, what was your secret? It was relationship management. You know, there's two things that really come to mind that I think um, were, were huge on relationship management. Um, you know, I was sharing this with, uh, with Rob Mann uh, in, a, in, a, in a podcast recently, and uh, we implemented Fanatical Friday. And Fanatical Friday was uh, a program that we put in place that we reached out to. So we were set up that our recruiters manage that relationship with the candidate through placement you know, through redeployment. We, we always maintain that relationship. So we would call all the people we placed every Friday and just check in. And, you know, we would also do that with anybody that, candidates that we just wanted to stay in contact with. So it was an intentional investment of time to maintain relationships that weren't uh, set up to just fill a job today, but it was, it was looking at the long-term gain. Uh, that's one of the things we did. The other piece we did. Well, actually, um, let me go let ahead, me, please. Let me just, yeah, so with with that, when you're calling them, what type of are you just calling saying, "Hey, just checking in. How are you doing? Did you have the script <laughs> like that? How how structured was it? Like what what it, what details? I, I want to get the details on this stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was like, "Oh man, this is great. Thanks, Adam." And then week two came, and it was like, "Oh, you're calling again." And then week three came, and it was like, "Hey, what's up?" And then week four came, and it was like. Oh, hi, Adam. You know, I didn't even have to say anything. They just answered and they knew it was noon. And so, you know, Mary would just say hi and it became a joke. And although it was a joke, they knew that no matter what, uh, every Friday, they were going to hear from me, right? They knew that there was a connection. So those conversations, you know, uh, became a little bit more uh, less structured. It was just, hey, just checking in. Yeah. Hey, this is our weekly call. You know, and some people were like, hey, look, Adam, I'm, I'm good, man. You don't have to call me every week. And that's cool. That's what you do is adjust, yeah. right? You adjust to each person. So the, the program, you know, shifted based on the needs of those individuals. But the intention was there. Uh, the, 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 the focus on making sure that they're taken care of was there. And they knew that they always had a, a lifeline. And, and through that, we got referrals. We got leads from other opportunities in the organization. We gained insights on things that were going well. That, that, you know, much like managing a team, if you're not asking, you just don't know and you can't make assumptions. So that was, that's kind of how the program uh, ran awesome. for the most part. Awesome. The, the other perfect. piece we did is leveraging technology. We were one of the first uh, companies to use Hearfish, right? So we used Hearfish to automate uh, and help automate the nurturing of candidates that we engaged with. So a recruiter typically can only manage maybe 50 maybe a hundred different relationships. But if you've been doing this business for two, three, four, or five years, think of all the great people you came in contact with. That's where technology can help you keep that, uh, you know, keep that um, conduit alive and, and that relationship of just doing, you know, do check-ins and stuff. So that's where we leverage technology to help, you know, nurture some of those relationships. Well, I feel like, uh, I mean, that ties in with how your tool does now, you know, but I think Hearfish is a great example of how you can, uh, you know, nurture the relationship, make sure you're staying in contact. But I like the, uh, you know, with you guys, I always think of uh, your tools, basically keeping your finger on the pulse without having to make sure like, you know, you, the check-ins are good. The personal check-ins, it's always nice to have that conversation, but the also there's an aspect of that where you might be checking in, they're telling you it's great because people don't like conflict on the phone, but you send them an email and ask for feedback. That's, they know that, I mean, it, it's amazing the difference that you get with written feedback versus uh, when you give somebody a chance to kind of, uh, speak their mind versus what they're going to tell you on a phone call. So I think there's uh, layers to that, pop, you know, check in and how you 
connect and keep your finger on the pulse as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the piece that we're doing that we realize there's a lot of great things that are happening with recruiters. And if you just have an internal program or you're using a survey monkey, those things are great. Like I'm not going to take anything away from if you're asking for feedback, that's that's you should be and you should be doing it regularly. You should, you know, you should have that process in place. What we do is we ingest that information, though, and we we provide our clients with ways to promote that information. Let other people know that you're doing a great job. And it helps with attracting internal talent. You know, the people want to work for a company that has a good vibe, good experience. Um, it helps from an attracting talent and getting referral standpoints, right? Um, you, you, you're able to combat some of the negativity that just, I think, naturally exists out there uh, for many staffing firms. And, you know, so we just take that information, help you capture it and easily promote it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, and uh, just kind of going down your career, I always think it's interesting to learn how people got to where they are. So what was the, you know, from recruiter to, you know, CEO of a software platform, um, what was the uh, <laughs> the inception point for great recruiters? Where did the idea come from? And how did you, how'd you kind of make that transition? You know, ignorance is, is an awesome thing to have sometimes, you know. <laughs> I feel you on that one. <laughs> you know, looking back, you know, you don't realize how difficult it is to yeah. build a product, build a team, get people to adopt. You know, many of the things that we were doing uh, are, are going across the grain. There's a concept of, you know, I don't want people to know who my recruiters are to people yeah. are like calling us up. And saying, hey, we want to turn on our recruiter profiles because we're all remote and, and we need a tool to help our recruiters market themselves and the great work that they're doing. And so what's really interesting, just in the short time, you know, <clears throat> two plus years that we've been around, um, the idea, I think people understand the, the power of being able to give you those tools. So for me personally, you know, I've always been a big advocate of technology. Um, I've always been an early adopter of technology. I love how technology has complemented um, the recruiter. You know, I think a few years back, you heard about how automation and technology and robots were going to replace recruiters. And I never believed it. And I still don't believe it. And, you know, what I saw was an opportunity. It excited me to take kind of what I was doing and what I was building for one company and be able to go share that with, with the industry. For me, you know, I, you know this, I go back to you Google recruiters are and it's, and it's like evil liar waste of time. And, and yeah, I, yeah. That, that's not true. And, and so what I wanted to do is really, I guess it depends. It does. Depend. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I put you on the spot there. Yeah, there there's some, there's some, there's some transactional ones out there. You mentioned the, uh, uh, not wanting to get the recruiters names on the, uh, yeah. out on the internet. We've, I've talked to some CEOs who are like, they, they uh, will never <laughs> have a company say, we don't want to pay. We, we don't want to use referral management because then we would actually have to pay these referrals out. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. You're, you're trying to get referrals and offer money and then not pay it. So there's, you know, there's some, yeah. there's some people out there, but it's, that's the minority in the industry. Thank you. Know, no, it's, thank God, it's true. So. But, yeah. but I, you know what, yeah. man, I, I, I felt the need. I felt the nudge um, to, uh, to go do something different. I mean, I wanted to help the industry as a whole. I wanted to help put quality, uh, you know, and quality experience at the top of this industry. It, it, it doesn't have that kind of reputation. And I really wanted to do something about it because I think that it, it's just going to help everybody else out. There's so much pain throughout the recruiting process from end client to recruiter to candidate. And, and really, I think that 
the simplicity of asking for feedback, creating transparency, sharing that is going to help those people who are doing a great job earn more business. And I think it's going to put pressure on those companies that aren't to say, I better, I better get on board. I better start doing it or else I'm going to become pretty irrelevant pretty fast. Yeah, I think there is, uh, it's easy, it's definitely easy to see that there, if you're not adopting things that are uh, going to help you be more efficient, but also I think the transparency piece, I mean, as we move, you know, the world of Yelp, right? Like, it's like 10 years ago, you're online, you, you go out to dinner, you're not, you, you, rarely are you looking online first, right? Like, you're going to go to the places you know, you're going to talk to your friend, but everything is now getting to a spot where it's reviewed online. If you, if I, I, well, back in the day when we were allowed to go out to eat, <laughs> um, uh, which, which was a big portion of my, my nightly, uh, uh, my dinners, uh, I, every, even though I live in Denver and I go out frequently, I, I look at Yelp almost every single time, try to figure out what's, what's best, what's new. Um, and I think that transparency, it's like you, you always see, tend to see the, uh, digital transformation happen in like consumer markets, like hotels and restaurants. How does the consumer market slowly bleeds into B to you know the B two B and kind of the different industries? I think staffing is uh, you know almost a, it's um, not catching up, but there's a, there's a lot of opportunity in staffing to kind of take these the modern way of doing business and apply it, which uh, you know I think it's happening. Uh, it's just a matter of how fast. You you right now you have a, a a very wide array of different types of staffing firms. You have some second gen firms. You have some first gen firms that are kind of still old school, right? I mean, they I think if they still had the color dot system on a folder, um, they would they would still do that. They don't want to embrace technology. And I think you have others that and and technology platforms that are really looking to um, change the industry fundamentally and and really help. You know, I call it the you know you want to Uberize this a little bit. In fact, you know, Uber's in the talent acquisition business now, right? Right. And what's funny is Uber rates the drivers, right? I mean, they're rating the experience that somebody has. You have it in the real estate business. I mean, people want to know who are the people that I can trust and they trust people based on what other people's opinions are of that experience. And that's what we've brought to the recruiting industry. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, you can rate almost any experience you have on the consumer side. Um, and I think that the, anytime you're dealing with somebody who you're actually building a meaningful relationship, if you're making a big decision, you know, if you're buying a house, a realtor, if you're, uh, um, you know, when you're, the bigger the decision, the more important it is to know that you're working with somebody you trust. Um, that said, I would not mind the, uh, the capability of rating uh, some call center uh, people directly uh, at different times. The Chase call center after <laughs> at this period of my life, would be an okay one to have some ratings, uh, some direct ratings. But I, I think, you know, you're, you're talking about people's careers. You're talking about what they're going to be doing for their job. And uh, they're working with a recruiter. They're putting their trust in what they're going to be doing with their life for a period of time into that recruiter in many ways. Um, so it's kind of crazy to have to go into that blind. So I, I think there's a lot of value in how you're, how you're kind of bringing that to the forefront, bringing transparency to the market. Yeah, and it's, it's transparency internally. There's things that recruiting managers, we hear all the time, are learning things about the recruiters. And, and I, I, customers say, you know what, we, 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 we looked at this because we love the promotion piece. We love to be able to share stuff. She's like, but one of the biggest value adds that we saw was we're gaining so much insight on our recruiters and we're actually able to help them 
be better. They're able to compare like how are top rated recruiters? Let's, let's dig in a little bit to what their talk track looks like. What are some of the things that they do? How can we help adopt that? You go back to learning management. That's where our knowledge base comes in, where we provide recruiters the ability to share their tips and best practices with their teammates. Um, if the organization is doing better, everybody is going to win. Um, and that's what we want to do. And that's where we started was elevate recruiter performance through real-time feedback. And we've moved into the ability to help them now create that transparency by promoting it out there to the public. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, it's a awesome way of uh, moving the industry forward, not just helping staffing firms individually. Yeah. Uh, and, and with that, I'm, I'm kind of going through your, I, I guess, your career now. Um, I've always, I'm always wondering what, uh, and I guess this has probably changed quite a bit in the last month and a half, but how have, uh, what's your daily routine look like? Uh, or what, let's do a pre, pre-pandemic and then uh, maybe pandemic as well, because I know our routines are all so, <laughs> shifted so drastically in the last, last month. Well, I think, uh, first of all, uh, the days my wife works, it's, uh, it's I got to get the kids going. I got to get them set up. My day starts a little bit later. I got to yeah. get them set up with, uh, with uh, the schoolwork and make sure that they're good. I got to lock them in the, the basement and make sure they have enough food uh, so, so they can survive the day. Um, but, you know, I mean, for me, number one thing has been uh, I've daily pulse of the team every day, start off the day. We start off with good news. You know what? We want to share good news. We just want to connect. We then IDS, right? And so our rhythm is good news, IDS, and what do you need from me? What do we need to do to move the needle forward this day? What what issues do we need to solve today? Um, You know, what do we need to do to get this day moving forward? And everybody kind of gets their, their marching orders and they're not marching orders for me. They're telling me, you know, I'm, I'm there to serve them. And it's, how can I help yeah. you guys? And so that's it. And, and we stay connected through the Zoom thing. For me personally, what I've done is, um, you know, I got turned on to the, the book, The One Thing. And it's helped me, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, as, as a startup, you know, we have so many different hats that we're wearing. I'm bouncing between marketing and sales to product to customer success to just business operations. And what it's done for me is I dedicate the first part of my day after that team meeting focused on the number one thing that needs to be done that day. And I try to clear all my plate. I block it off on my calendar um, and it allows me to just focus on that. Um, so those, that's kind of my, what my routine is. And then the, the afternoon is, you know, it's, it's, it's jumping on, on calls and talking to customers and doing product stuff and having great conversations with folks like yourself. This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by Text Us. You might remember Text Us for their conversational text messaging software that helps recruiters communicate faster with candidates. Since launching four years ago, Text Us has become the largest provider of text messaging to the staffing industry. In fact, over 500 staffing firms choose Text Us more than any other texting software on the market. Why are they so popular? Because getting a hold of the top talent is more difficult than ever. That's where Text Us comes in. Their real-time communication platform helps your recruiters cut through the noise and get a response. If you want to increase recruiter productivity, you should check out Text Us. You can claim your staffing show exclusive free 30-day pilot by visiting textus.com forward slash hub. Just go to textus.com forward slash hub to claim your pilot and start recruiting in real time. Jumping back a little bit to just kind of like the the market, um, as you were talking about that, I don't, my brain jumped back to where 
What are you seeing with um, uh, staffing firms that are winning during this time? Um, what do you do you see a difference in kind of those that are excelling and those are that aren't? Um, I know a lot of it has to do uh, a lot of a lot of it's you know there's, there's some luck involved in all of this for for yeah um, you know but are there things that um, any specific takeaways or, or you know things that you're seeing people kind of implement that's moving the needle? I think the number one thing was that the, the, the companies that already had the ability, I was just talking to somebody today, customer today, and they're like, Adam, we didn't miss a beat. I, I've had, you know, they're based here in Michigan. He goes, I've got recruiters in, in Austin, San Diego. You know, we're already geographically dispersed. We're, we, we have no need for brick and mortar. We were actually already operating in this way. And I think those firms, there was less of an impact up front because their normal daily routines didn't change. You know, it was, it was so, I think those early adopters that figured out that, hey, long-term, this is kind of the way the world is also moving, um, were a little bit um, less impacted by that uh, change of working from home. Uh, the companies, you know, and it's tough to say like what's working right now. I, I think it matters on what your geography is. I think it matters of what industries that you serve you know, uh, I think everybody's impacted a little bit differently. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's been hit or miss, but the, the, the companies that I think missed less of a beat were the ones that were kind of already set up this way and already embraced the technology and had those pieces in place. Um, I talked to somebody that the recruiter had a, I think, dial in through a Citrix mainframe dump terminal or something. And I just, <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. Be honest with you, I, I I wouldn't know how to operate. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, I need to. But but now they're like, okay, we, we need to change ATSs. Like our core system, which is our business, needs to be flexible to be accessible anywhere, anytime. And yeah. I think that's going to open up opportunities for a lot of the, you know, SaaS based platforms out there. Yeah, it's it's what's interesting is like everybody's shifting to remote, and I've I've been, uh, you know, we have a few people here in Denver, but uh, been running a remote. Uh, company for over six years now. Um, and the watching all of the companies go through the same kind of stumbling blocks, like there's a, there's kind of like a set number of things that you kind of got to get used to. And one of the things that I think we're all, um, all feeling right now, at least I, 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 maybe I'm making some assumptions, but is uh, just really increase in workload is because once you shift away from having work is at work and now work is just, I can, I'm working from wherever. Um, I know that with my team, we, we actually had to uh, uh, really like make rules of engagement for the different types of communication channels so that we weren't overloading and overwhelming everybody at all times. So it was like, you know, a lot of people felt like, oh, I'm getting Slack messages at 10 p.m. I've got to respond by 10.05. And it's like, no, you also have to live. Like you can't, this isn't, uh, I'm not coming into your office and saying, hi, I'm, I'm sending you a Slack message. It's, it's supposed to be asynchronous, right? And um, right. I think that uh, it's, 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 unique to watch kind of all these companies to have this drastic shift from, uh, you know, the ones that were just traditional in the office and uh, seeing how that's going. So that definitely makes sense so that the ones that are set up for it ahead of time are, are, are moving forward faster right now. So what, are there any tools or um, things that you've implemented with your team that are, you feel like are worth sharing? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, what's, what's, what's cool. And I, I think you guys have done this as well is leveraging, you know, uh, conversational channels like, like Slack, right. Um, getting our customers on Slack channels and, and just trying to open up that, that door of communication a little bit, I think has been big. Yeah. 
Um, Zoom, obviously, we do a lot of uh, demos and presentations. So for us, this wasn't something new that we adopted, but are certainly using a lot more. Um, I think that, um, you know, really, those are the two core things. I mean, our, our core kind of CRM is, is kind of the voice of truth. Um, you know, so I think as, as we continue to, to grow as a business, it's, I've always looked at that core system as a source of truth. If it's not in there, it didn't happen. You know, I think that comes to just being able to workforce management, having clear expectations of what needs to be put in where and what does it mean? Because you need to be able to track the, the activities still. You have to. I mean, we're running businesses. We need to know what it is. It keeps everybody accountable. If somebody's not able to, to jump in, that information is there. And uh, so definitely that whatever core system it is, you need to have a shared system where you can have that, you know, uh, core foundation of truth. Um, but, uh, other than that, I, you know, the, the zoom happy hours have been something new. I have never, uh, I've never played uh, games and had the cocktail hour virtually. So that was definitely new to me. Um, and, and it's good. I think what I've seen changed is, is conversations have become, um, I think people's layers are, you know, the, the personas, the work personas are kind of blending. It, it was like, it was work-life balance. Then it was work-life blend. Now it's like work-life blur, <laughs> right? Everything's right. kind of blurring together. So I do think one of the pieces that I'm looked at and it hit on me as you talked is um, probably working more than I ever have, you know? And, and I think it's because it's, it's always on. It's right here. It's, it's, and, I, and I've talked to other business owners like, my gosh, I'm, I need to create more defined lines because I, I have to recreate that balance now between work life and, uh, and, and family life. Um, and, and if you talk to my, my, my family, they'd probably say, you know what, there's, there's, there's days, but I've, I've shifted and I let my team know the shift. Hey, look, um, you have kids. I understand. I have kids. Like I get it. You, you're now a teacher. And I think that's something that business owners are really going to need to consider as they're, they're telling people they need to come back to work is ask themselves why. Why, why do they need to come back to work in the office if I'm able to function and I'm producing? And I think you know, there's going to need to be more flexibility for those folks that have children at home. You know, maybe, you know, you're in a situation where you can't send your kids somewhere else. You need to be there. And so, you know, giving them the flexibility to be able to shift with their hours. Like I said, the days my wife works, I start work a little bit later, but I, I, I also work a little bit later. So I think those new norms of the nine to five, they got to get thrown out the window. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the, the, the new norm definitely needs to, we need to look at more being more flexible going forward. I think that honestly, I think that the companies that don't adjust going forward and when people have realized that this is a way to work are going to have trouble hiring people. I think it's going to be difficult if they, you know, if they're not making those adjustments. Um, and also you just, you brought up the zoom happy hours. And I feel like that's, uh, it, it's funny. I was supposed to have my 10 year NBA reunion last week and, uh, we did a Friday night happy hour with my, my closest friend. Right. And, uh, it, it was hilarious though. It was like, we, I haven't talked to these people, you know, they, they're some of my really close people, but I, I, we don't, we talk, we catch up on the phone, you know, sure. once a quarter and we did the zoom happy hour and it's like, holy shit. Like why, why did it take, uh, like we could have been doing this every year for the last 10 years. Like why, why is it taking this moment? to make us realize that we have the ability to connect and be a little bit more human and we can, we can do zoom happy hour. It's, uh, so there's, that's one of the silver linings. I feel like with this whole thing is like, I feel uh, a little bit more connected. You know, I feel like people are being a little bit more real, a little and we're getting a little bit more connected. We're seeing them inside of each other's homes. Um, so there's, you know, trying to find the, the positive in it. Uh, but you know, that's, 
Yeah. I, I you know, I, I feel that as well. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think it's, it's amazing how social distancing and, and putting up, you know, technology to allow us to facilitate is actually making us a little bit more human, uh, getting back to our core a little bit more. Uh, I was talking to someone's like, Hey, when my daughter comes in in the middle of a sales call, because she just needs to have a starburst, um, that's acceptable right now. You know, the question is, how long will that be acceptable for? Like right now is kind of a joke. Everybody understands. They're like, oh, here's a guy. He's, you know, his dad, his daughter's home. I'm trying to do this. But it's acceptable. What I, what I, what I hope is that there's an element of that, that we don't, we don't forget these times. And, and we don't forget that there's, there's a lot more than just the, the, the work face that a lot of us know from each other. Uh, There's a lot of, of, family stuff behind it as well. And I, and I hope that we don't forget that when, when all of this kind of is over whenever that is, but it has been one of the cool side effects that I think people are just being a little bit more, uh, their guards down a little bit more and they're just being a little bit more real. Yeah. And I also think that to your point, I'm like not forgetting about it. I, I'm never imagined how grateful I would be just for uh, the next beer that I have at a bar next to some random person with a random conversation. That's going to be a very happy, happy person. That's not something that I used to, I just, I took it for granted. The little, little, little things, so many little things that we take for granted in our day-to-day life uh, that I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, going forward, we'll, we'll take a step back and realize how, how valuable those things are. Uh, it's yep. a matter of how long can we keep that gratefulness in place. Um, I will tell you, I, I think I was on the, I was on a run on a call with you when the, when you heard this, but they, the, every night here in Denver they're doing the uh, the entire city howls to like you know, say we're still part of the part of the pack. I get chills every night, like every night eight pm that happens, and it's like I mean it's 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 also great being somebody. I'm a very social person. I'm sitting here in my right. <laughs> my condo just uh, uh, going a little bit insane. So it's nice to actually feel 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 the human connection, feel people. It's like a, a way of reaching out and hearing it, it's, 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 it's nice. So. There's, there's always a silver lining and everything. And I think that's, that's it is like, how do you, I think the people like coming out of this, it's those that are already thinking about what are the opportunities exist, you know, from a culture standpoint, you know, how do I adapt this? Like, okay, your culture might've been that brick and mortar for many, many years. There might be things that are just instilled with high, I'm a big high fiver and hugger, right? Um, maybe that's not happening as much, but how do you, you know, how do you shift those cultures? I think that's, that's what's cool is I'm hearing the conversations now. They aren't the conversations that are like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? It's, they're, they're, they've, they've shifted. It's, it's looking forward. It's saying, all right, we're resilient, how we're going to get through this. What is it going to look like? What do we have to do? And that's, what's exciting for me is some of the, even the innovation that's going to come out of this that we probably aren't even realizing right now, uh, I think is exciting because as you, as you put stress on things, that's, that's where the greatest change takes place. And, uh, and I think that this kind of stress is going to help make our industry better. I really do. I think that, you know, we are going to come out of this as a stronger industry as a whole. Um, I think it's going to open up opportunities for people that, that would not have exist pre. And uh, I'm excited to see what those changes are. Yeah, you know, it's, as you say that, the stress thing, and it reminds me, I think it's Ray Dalio uh, is one of the guys. That, I love his LinkedIn. His, uh, he wrote the book Principles. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's got a, uh, a saying, it's, I think it's uh, pain plus reflection equals growth. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's what we're going through right now is this like major painful moment. 
Uh, and if we can take a moment, reflect on what's happening and how things are going. And like, I think there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity, uh, hidden, you know, behind the lines with some of this, but there's that, there, you guys, I, I, you're, we're both optimistic people. I, I, yeah. I think every day coming up with my next silver lining for, uh, what, what good is going to come out of this? Cause it's definitely tough times, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. So trying to focus on, uh, what, what can we hold on to, to move us forward yeah. and, and what positive things can come out of it is, is uh, super valuable. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people that have been, you know, impacted. And I think that's just where, you know, putting, putting their agenda ahead, right. Really listening to people and, and trying to be a resource. And if you can't help somebody directly, my gosh, put them in contact with somebody who can help them with some resources. You know, I think that's where as, as just a, a community, we need to just help support everybody. Everybody's in a little bit different situation. You don't know what situation people are in. So I think just having that, that empathy is, is really important. Yeah, and it, you know it's cool seeing the. Um, I mean, ASA, SIA, Bullhorn, um, a lot of these, they're all releasing uh, COVID-related um, uh, resource pages. They've got like I, we've got one up on Staffing Hub as well. We're basically just trying to get information out there, help the community move forward. I think Clear Edge Marketing even is doing some stuff along those lines yeah. as well. But I love, I, I really love seeing the um, people trying to help people. Uh, you know, in a time of need, I, I, it, that that feels good as well. Um, so I, I, you know, it's kind of moving on to wrapping this thing out, but what, yeah. uh, one last question for you, uh, what, where do you, I mean, this is, this is a difficult one with this period. So, uh, <laughs> but w- what's next in staffing? <laughs> what's next in staffing? You know, I, I, I think that, I think we're going to see staffing get split into two, uh, two, two sections. One is where technology is going to replace the recruiter. I think there are a number of jobs, roles um, that technology is going to help better quickly facilitate, whether it be in the gig economy, whether it just be more transactional type positions, um, things where if I'm looking to pick up, I think you're going to see a lot more of those platforms coming out of of this time. Um, I I, I think the other shift is, is that you're going to see, um, I think you're going to see the recruiter role. Uh, and the pressure of quality. And I think you're going to see expectations increase as an industry of what it means to be a recruiter. You know, what are those expectations that, that we should have? And I think it's much like I've shared it with you, kind of the role of the realtor, the role of the realtor used to be your MLS listings, right? It used to be the value was you'd show me the homes. Now I'm calling up the realtor and I'm saying, I want to see these five homes. Give me insight, right? Help me make a good decision. Tell me about the neighbor. Tell me about the things that I can't find through that research. And I think that's the role recruiters will become as the advisors. The ones that are going to be successful and, and continue are the ones that are going to be a value add and shift the value between. It's not. It's not anymore. Hand me that job order. The job orders are out there. Help me make good career decisions. And I think that's where I see recruiting getting shifting and, and already starting to see it. And I think those are the recruiters and those firms that embrace that and find good ways to continue being value added. Um, uh, you know, more consultative type approach are are going to grow and succeed on the other side of the business. Yeah, and I, I it, it's interesting to say that the, the uh, like as the industry matures, the the starting point is getting somebody the information as information is freely available, and candidates can see they can find jobs, they can find all the job descriptions they want, they can find you know salary rates. It is it's getting to a spot where you are the expert and you are providing. You know, it's, it's really moving 
to the higher end of the relationship. So I think I, I see that as a, a major trend as well. And it's one that you, if you look at it, other industries, it happens yep. over and over again. And this is just, you know, it's happening in staffing right now. So it's kind of a matter of who, who sees that and kind of gets ahead of the, uh, the game for it. So. As an industry, there will be more transparency than there ever has been. And it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think you, you started seeing transparency long ago with the VMSs and bill rates and, and that started and, and it caused pain that people realized, you know, how, how that's helping to facilitate things. And I just think, I think we're going to become an industry that um, is just going to become a little bit more standardized with a little bit more quality control around it. And I think it's just going to benefit everybody uh, so much more when that exists. I uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, and Adam, listen, it's absolutely great having you on the podcast really today. Appreciate it. Uh, nice, nice seeing your face, uh, having a conversation <laughs> with you. Um, and, uh, getting your insight on the industry. I really yeah. think what you're doing is fantastic. Uh, you're, I mean, you are actually helping shed light and bring transparency and move an industry forward, which I, I think is, uh, uh, just an admirable thing. And it's, uh, it's nice, nice having you on here today. Thank you. Well, David, I, I, it's always great catching up. And I you know if, yeah. if one person got one good thing out of this, then uh, it's a success. So I hope, I hope this was, uh, I hope my insight was, it helped somebody. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me on. It's always great to catch up. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you that are listening, um, if you want to continue the conversation, uh, we've started a Slack group, a Staffing Hub Slack group, uh, we've got, um, well over a hundred staffing firms in there. Uh, it is still just getting off the ground. So conversations are a little light, but, uh, we are moving that forward. Uh, invite you to join it. Uh, you can uh, find it on staffinghub.com. Uh, and you can just, it's a free Slack group that everybody can join. Um, and also we did just release a COVID, uh, sponsored report about how staffing firms are responding to, uh, the pandemic. Uh, so hopefully uh, that's uh, something of value for everybody as well. Uh, but thanks so much again for your time, Adam. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for all of you that listened in. And uh, until next time. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.